0: so when you do cock it up and believe me you're going to cock it up when you do that be vulnerable and say hey i'm i'm really sorry i did not want to cause offense like can you just explain it to me so that i can fully understand I'm, I'm open to understanding and then you build this level of connection and this trust starts to form and then all of a sudden over time you've got this psychological safety where you can have these very open conversations
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the latest episode of the Live Into Your Brilliance podcast, the place where we shine a light on the innate brilliance of the human condition and at the same time, blow up the illusions that get in our way. Um, As always, you have the pleasure of my company, Al Kenny, and also my brother from another mother, Mr. Mark Billows Bilby. Billows, how are you doing today?
0: I'm well, my friend, and check me out. I'm sporting our sweat. Bag. So the Live Into Your Brilliance uh, cap. And then I'm, I'm wearing this awesome uh, Haley Hansen Live Into Your Brilliance sweater, which is uh, which you very kindly sent me. So I'm feeling very cozy and
1: uh, uh, loved <laughs> in my uh, Live Into Your Brilliance sweater. Well, you wear it very well. It's like you could be our Live Into Your Brilliance model. You know, but they there may be days of days of your past that we need to just bring back to the to the present day. But that's a gift that I'll hold for the listeners for another another episode. Just <laughs> just teasing them now about some of the the magic yeah. of the Mark Bilby history. Um Yeah. Yeah. Yep.
0: You're gonna pay for that one.
1: Yep. Okie dokie. Well, we have um talking about uh like history, we have a question from someone, uh, who we worked with for many years, uh, to explore today. Well, it's not really a question. It's more like a topic. So, um, he's given us plenty of latitude to explore. So this topic came from Keith Wellington. Uh, so thank you, Keith. And what he uh, put on the table for us to explore was like what it means or what's involved with communicate, communicating or communication across different personas, and different cultures.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting one, um, and I'm I'm kind of glad that we're tackling this topic after we've spoken to L Tillery, um, because I think, you know, I've I did quite I've done quite a bit of work with L, and and I think he this is a this is a favorite topic of his is you know avoiding sort of essentialist um communication number one um and and then you know remaining curious about the people in your teams or the people you're interacting with and and from that place of curiosity and heightened awareness. Being very mindful of some of the cultural, social, economic, political, religious, uh, gender-based differences that do exist, so that you uh, you know you you can communicate and 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 share and connect um, without uh, without sort of microaggressions or biases. Or overt biases that cause offense and and um and uh and and just be quite authentic and vulnerable so that you know if you do slip up or you say something inappropriate um it's uh it's okay I mean I'll tell you a funny story. We were at a friend of ours uh wedding uh recently um a mutual friend of ours Jules Martin and um and I was I was uh trying to communicate with his mother-in-law who's from Brazil and I would I would to say are you okay instead of doing like the thumbs up gesture I would do this like you know thumb and forefinger together In a circle, are you okay? You know, like like you would if if you were scuba diving, and I would do it, and I'd like, hey, everything okay? And she would look at me as though she she was so disgusted, and then only halfway through the evening in my in my drunken joviality was i tapped on the shoulder and told it like that's a really really rude gesture <laughs> to, <laughs> to, to to make towards anybody from brazil particularly an elderly woman like it's it's really not cool and so <laughs> and i was mortified and then i i, I quickly raced over to to Josie the bride and I said please like tell your mom that I'm I'm not some rude bastard I'm I'm really I was just wanting to make sure that she was okay but honestly for like 2 hours in the evening every time I danced past her I would just give her the <laughs> signal and you could just see her just retracting into her shell like a tortoise <laughs> like the poor woman was horrified and so <laughs> it's like <laughs> So, you know, but I mean, I mean, we've all, we've all seen this. I mean, you know, we've, we've been in, we've been in situations and it's so bizarre to me. Like, and, and I, I, I see this, I see this with people from all walks of life. As soon as they sit down in a restaurant in particular, I don't know why it seems to be a restaurant. And maybe it's just the company I keep, but, In restaurants, I observe people uh, just treating people serving them who typically are um, people who don't look and sound like them uh, completely differently. In fact, a a friend of mine was in Cape Town recently and she, she observed a woman... Speaking atrociously to a a black um waitress and and actually called her out on it and just said, You need to leave this restaurant because you 're not welcome here anymore like this is not an environment where that kind of uh, that kind of communication is tolerated and and good for her like it was an amazing act of courage and she said she felt amazingly calm, but in the moment she was just so aware of the the microaggressions and the and the the sort of essentialist language being used and it was just she was just horrified and disgusted by it and just told this clear blatant racist that she needed to leave the restaurant and 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 that was that was amazing but yeah I I I just you know those are obviously kind of more extreme examples but you know to Keith's point yeah you know, certainly in in the in the corporate um realm dealing with people from different cultures different backgrounds you know diverse backgrounds ethnic cultural um uh, philosophical it it can be challenging but i think it goes back to what we've been pointing at for throughout the series is when you when you Come at it with that kind of open hand awareness, and you are authentically curious, then you don't land yourself in hot water at all because all the thoughts that fly through your mind you're not latching onto any of those you're just present and listening and curious and learning, and so it's it's hard to it's hard to fall into. Uh, any kind of biases or or what have you. I know that's my, that's my initial thought. I don't know. What do you
1: think? Yeah, both your examples or your stories really got me thinking about uh, from a couple of different angles. One, like uh, your wedding story is just hilarious. And I think it points to something which makes people wary sometimes. Like, they get caught up in their heads because they can become so afraid of getting it wrong that they're not trusting themselves so I was just kind of thinking about like what's what's behind Keith's question and uh knowing Keith I can imagine that it's like oh, what's what's the way of bringing these things together and to kind of be able to come from and 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 be tuned into different personas and different cultures and like what is it that if people could see it could be really helpful and then I was listening to your examples and I was just thinking about, well, like that looks like one of the things that gets in the way is people have become scared of getting it wrong. Um, was just a thought. And then the other example I thought was a great example of not so much what gets in the way, it's a great example of the courage that it takes from one person to be able to Call out when it's when when call out the behavior that's inappropriate as a means of raising the bar. Um, So I'm just I'm noodling on those two things. The the thing that I think about when it comes to this is that it is such an individual thing, you know, whether it's a you know, a family environment, whether it's a corporate environment whether it's society at large it can look like that there is a way of communicating like what's the communication strategy or what's the thing that you got to do to bring cultures and personas together and I don't think there is uh, a communication strategy or um, a uh, something that that universally can ma- that can universally make this challenge easier per se. I think it would be cool if there was, but if we recall even from the conversation with artillery, it's like it's a complex thing. But every single person has the opportunity to show up um, from love every single person has the opportunity to be selfless and to to take care of those in their world that may be you know more vulnerable or may be in a position where they're not treated necessarily as well as we would like them to be treated and so i'd love the idea of bringing this back to like a very individual thing of like, if people could could listen and go, well, actually, what if I don't have to worry so much about my communication, but what is it that I can just show up? What is it that would allow me to show up and not be worried about, oh, like what's their persona? What's their culture? But to put myself in a position where I can show up to any persona and any culture and know that if I show up from this place, I'm going to be good. I'm going to be good, even if I am the guy dancing around in the wedding, making signals that inadvertently are very offensive, but I'm still good because it's coming <laughs> because it's coming from this place. And I think that's, what, that's where I go with this. Um, yeah. And I was talking to a client this morning, actually, and we were having a conversation. It's slightly different, but it's more on the persona thing. And and the conversation was like, what do you do if other people don't change? Like if you're, you know, you're showing up and you're showing up from this place and other people are not necessarily changing. And it was a, it was an interesting discussion because you could hear that in one part was the condition that was being put on the behavior. It's like, well, I'm showing up in this way in order to create a change in other people. And I think there's an opportunity to drop that, which is no, I'm showing up in this way for myself because this is, this is what I believe in. And to know that like when we show up to another person or another culture, and we show up from that place, we feel good and we can be the catalyst for so much around us. You know, if you think about um, a meeting at work and there's a whole range of personas and sometimes if it's an international company, people might be from different cultures and different ways of working. All it takes is one person to show up from this place and to, to really bring this feeling to it, this innate curiosity, um, inquisitiveness, open-mindedness, open-heartedness to everyone around them, and it can be a catalyst for so much. And I think the same in cultures. I think about the, when we were in France together for the Rugby World Cup, and the stories you were telling and the experience whilst we were there of just being super interested it's like oh we're in another part of the world and so we're not going to sh- you didn't show up as a south african who lives in america and having an expectation that the french people should be any way for you it was more like oh i'm here i'm going to get really curious and that opens up a deep amount of possibility in my story just i was thinking about this before before this conversation like i remember at one point when uh, i ran the European part of the Mimecast business, and we had a Swedish operation. And like I laugh at it now, but I probably am slightly—I'm uh, not that embarrassed. It's just one of those things you look back on and go, "Oh, you were such a doofus back then." Because uh, we had this guy working for us, and a lovely guy. And I remember talking to him in the July, and we were having a whatever business meeting about forecasts and where the business is going to go. And as we were close to wrapping up, he just said, oh, brilliant. Well, anyway, like this has been great. I'll see you in the middle of August. And I was like, it's the beginning of July. Like, what are you talking about? Am i my face I went, uh, what, what the, f-? I think I might have even said like, what the fuck are you talking about? You'll see me in the middle of August. Like you'll see me next week. And he was like, no, you won't see me next week. I'll be on my boat. And I was like, no, 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 like, w- we've got to meet next week because the business keeps moving. And he was like, no, uh, no, we don't. In Sweden, we all take off pretty much these four to five weeks in the summer. And that's when we go on our boats and we do whatever. And like, I could not, I one, I couldn't accept it. Two, like, I showed no real curiosity because I was so locked into my needs. I was so in my head, no, like you need to understand that this is my world and this is when my world what I need. Um, and to be fair, to Frederick was his name, he just laughed at me. He was like, well, it doesn't really matter what you think. I'm still going to be on my boat and you're not still not going to be talking to me and that's the way it's going to be. And I look back now and I just th- yeah. and I just think how little awareness I had to to the fact that like the the different cultural aspects, the different ways of being and how much suffering I caused myself and probably caused Frederick in that instance, although I don't actually think he didn't seem to be that bothered. He was pretty comfortable with he was going to do his thing. Um, so I've rambled on there a little bit. I guess I would bring this back to going. It's always down to the individual and it's, it's looking at it and just letting go of any idea that anybody else or anything else needs to be a certain way and getting curious about what's in front of you whether it's another person or you're in another land and seeing what's possible from there
0: yeah and it, it's it's uh, i think somebody said it on on one of the shows um you know up until the age of 5 like kids don't don't realize there's anything different between them and the next kid. You know, they're just curious and happy to go along. And, and, and I think Al even mentioned it, um, on his, on his podcast. Like when he was growing up, you know, he had a, his best mate was some white kid and, and, uh, you know, they, they just didn't know any different. They were just kids. They were just playing and they were doing their thing. and, and then only when the parents bring their biases and and accumulations and conditioning and then they impose that then you start to subsume that and and you develop your own accumulations and views and biases and what have you based on that and and i think you know what we've been pointing to all this time is when you let go of your story and you show up from that, not from the basement of your, of your being, but you show up from that higher place of consciousness that resonates with the, the rest of the world and you, and you start to be curious, authentically curious, then the, the fear of the other is quickly flipped to a curiosity of the other and and a profound sense of love for the other, whether you know them or not. They just happen to be, you know, you are them and they are you. Uh, we are all connected. We are all human beings. Um Uh, we know we've said this before we're all the same divine engineering in in form uh, with the ability to you know create our, our experience of life and observe ourselves doing it and so I think when we when we show up from that place then then you're right we don't have to worry about dancing around a a, a dance floor at a wedding like an idiot making rude gestures at old ladies because cause it's not coming from anything other than from love. And then when it's explained and 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 she even knew, like Josie's mum knew that I wasn't trying to cause offense. <laughs> you know, she was just probably horrified that I kept doing it, but she probably she probably knew that this idiot doesn't know what he's doing. Um, and, and when it was explained, I mean, she laughed about it and I laughed about it. We had a big hug and, and I carried on dancing, except I used the thumbs up gesture (laughs) after that. And, you know, it was, it was all good. And so, but it's, it's, it's like you, um, but you, 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 put your finger on it. I mean, we, we operate, I think a lot of people, and this is this whole fear of the woke environment we're in now, like people are like, oh my God, I can't say anything. Like women are going to get offended and, you know, people of color and people of this religion and that religion. And I don't know how to tread and, and you know, and and I, and I love it because white dudes in particular play like a massive victim here. <laughs> but But the truth of it is, Like, just show up with openness, curiosity, and love. And you won't say the wrong thing. And when you do say the wrong thing, because you're curious, you can say, oh my God, did that cause offense? I'm really sorry. Can you explain it to me, please? Can we have a chat about that? Like, I used language that I wasn't... I didn't even realize I was causing offense. Can I... Can you explain it to me? Okay, great. Thank you. And because you're open like you can have that conversation. The other person will instantly detect that you're coming from that place. And hopefully they meet you where you're at, or you've awakened something in them and they go, yeah, let, well, yeah, let me explain to you why you the, like assuming that you can imagine them having a conversation with you and explaining it and you talking it through. And then because you've been curious and you've shown up with that from that place of love, it's, it's, it's not a, it it's not something that has to be de-escalated because you've tried it to defend a position you've relinquished the ground just because you didn't know and and now you do know because you've had this open conversation and I think that's that's wonderful um and I get really I get really sad actually and I, I did see this at 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 Mimecast and other organisations where I've I've done some work, I do see people being intolerant of the other, and and it makes me very sad because you can you can see the hurt in the other person who's on the receiving end. You can see their shoulders drop. You can see their head drop. You can see the sadness in their eyes, because despite their best effort, maybe if it is a second language or what have you, despite their best effort, they are de- they are being subjected to to you know essentialist language or or um, microaggressions or biases that that are just and and even if and even if the person delivering the the poor level of communication is unaware of what they're doing they must on some level sense they're losing the locker room they're losing their audience they're losing the connection and they don't understand why because they haven't taken a step back to observe themselves and go, what's, what's actually going on here. And so, you know, for Keith, you know, and anybody listening, like I think the more you can be curious and vulnerable. So when you do cock it up and believe me, you're going to cock it up. When you do that, be vulnerable and say, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry. I didn't want to cause offense. Like, can you just explain it to me so that I can fully understand? I'm, I'm open to understanding. And then you build this level of connection and this trust starts to form. And then all of a sudden, over time, you've got this psychological safety where you can have these very open conversations about different things across these seemingly uh, unbridgeable divides and and actually it's it, it's it's nothing it 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 morphs into level ground and and it's easy to traverse and i think yeah i just think that that's that's the way to do it um cuz otherwise yeah you're right i mean you just spend your life shitting yourself that you're going to walk into a bear trap and then you don't know how to you feel You feel
1: hobbled. There is an illusion to be blown up here, because it's the what gets in the way of people showing up like that. And you know, when we think about personas and we think about cultures, and the word that pops to my mind for me is identity. Like we got to blow up the idea of a fixed identity, and you know that, like a person is not. Um, the country they come from. They're not the age they are. They're not their sexuality. They're not their preferences. They're not their religious beliefs. They are not their moods. Um, They're not their behaviors. And yet they will be all of, they can be all of those things. But those things are things that people... They are the accumulations. They're the things that happen to us as human beings. But I think that what we want to do as human beings is we like things to be black and white. It makes things simpler. So either we sometimes lock in with this fixed idea of who we are or we lock in on a fixed idea of who someone else is or uh, like sometimes whole... Nations of people get talked about like as though they're all fixed, a fixed way of being. And I think we just got to blow up the idea that anyone is that that there's any such thing as a fixed identity, um, either ours or others. And that every time you meet a human being, they're showing up uniquely in that moment. And you have an opportunity to show up uniquely in that moment. But the more attached you are to the idea of an identity, I am X or Y, and they are A and B, there's this idea of conflict. Because that's what makes it look different. It's like we're attached to fixed stories. And if we could just blow that up, then it would be like, oh, great. I can show up in any given day and be one thing or another. Like, and we do have the opportunity to create who we want to be. I think it's a massive opportunity, but the biggest one would just be, oh, like if you let all of that go, there's a, I've been in uh, a couple of events where we've run this exercise and it's just two simple questions. And you ask people to say, who are you and why are you here? And to begin with, people start with the story, you know, they're like, oh, I'm Alan and I'm an Irishman and I'm a husband and a father and I'm a coach. And then the only question someone say, okay, and, and thank you for that. And who are you when you're not that? And it's like, it starts to s- surface all of the attachments, but then it starts to allow people like, well, who are you when you're not, If you were, if you're not an Irishman, who are you? And helping bring people back down to like, oh, well, you know, if you had amnesia and you woke up and you forgot all of that, who would you be? Like, well, I, I would just be. And then they're like, why are we here? Why are you here? And again, it's a cool exercise because it starts with the, like, we're here to build a business and to make money. And it's like, oh, is that really why you're here? Like, what, why are you here on a, on a broader level? Oh, well, I'm here to serve my family. and Okay, and like, what, why are you here beyond that? And then you start to get people back down. Like, I'm here to make a difference. I'm here to, you know, it's just they're very expensive questions to pull people out of the storylines of why we're here, which is why I think people sometimes show up. And even though they're clearly losing the room, they're like, I'm going to keep going because they're doing the best based on what they see to be true because they're like, I'm here to get the job done. And they're so oblivious to the fact that like they might be hurting people along the way. So uh, yeah, I'm going to stop there just because I think that's a an interesting place for people to look, is to look beyond identity and to start to become curious for themselves. Like what are the stories that they're holding to be true about who they are, who anyone else is. And the actual answer to the question of like, why are any of us here? It's, I don't know if you've seen it
0: on, uh, I think it's on Netflix, but there's a great documentary or, f- or film called refuge. Have you seen it?
1: No, no, I've not seen it.
0: Um, and it's, it's this wonderful story of this doctor, um, uh, he's, he's from a, a Kurdish, um, uh, family uh, living in Syria. Um, so, so he's Syrian. Um, his name is havol Kelly and, um, and he, be, he became a US cardiologist and he's, and he lived in, in, I think it's Clarkson, Georgia. And then the, the, on the other side, there's this guy called Chris Buckley, um, who you know, served in the U.S. Armed Forces, fought in Afghanistan. Um, tragically, lost his buddy um, on a patrol. His buddy was killed, but he, he developed this intense hatred for Muslims. And um, and and when he came back and he was struggling with kind of readjusting, he he found solace in in the Ku Klux Klan, and um, and so you have this clan member and then you have this Syrian um doctor um and uh, a mutual friend of well uh, yeah a mutual friend was counseling um uh Chris one day and said, Hey um I th- I think you should should meet this, this buddy of mine. Um I I think the two of you need to have a chat. And originally he was very, very reticent to, to meet this doctor. Um, he didn't feel like there was anything that, that would come of it. Um, but ultimately, um, they, they met and they became really good friends. and, and, all that you could see, and uh, you know, when I was watching the re- the, the documentary, that what I could see unfolding in front of me was something. Because Chris had this guy who was awake, um, it awoke something in him. He didn't know what, but he just knew that he wasn't happy, and that he was going to lose his family if he kept going down the road that he was on. So something awoke in him. And he said, okay, I'm willing to try this. I'm willing to meet um, with, this, with this guy in this community in Clarkson and understand what being a Muslim is really about and, and, and being curious. And, and really what his friend was encouraging him to do was just be curious. And, um, and it just turned into this wonderful... Life-changing, life-saving friendship, and I'm, these two guys now um, are are like brothers, and they they kind of like on a mission to change the perception of of the other in in the US, and they do these tours and these talks and things. But it's pretty amazing. It's 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 a it's a wonderful heart-rendering uplifting story of the power of curiosity where you have this guy who is on one end of the extreme you know in terms of just hatred racist bigoted hatred um steeped in a fear of the other and then you have this other end of the continuum where you have this individual who's humbled by his father's persecution or his family's persecution under the Syrian regime, grateful to have come to America, you know, been a dishwasher, worked his way up to become a cardiologist, but has this humility and this deep investment in his community with with all these other people um, who who are of similar sort of backgrounds, tragic stories. A lot of them are Muslim. And the fist and the open hand come together in this kind of like amazing way because curiosity is allowed to prevail and ultimately love and empathy prevail and the fear is is dissipated. Um, and And at the end of the day, like... I know we've said it all sorts of different ways, but at the end of the day, that's what it boils down to. Like you you know, corporate, personal, whatever, whatever setting it is, like be curious, show up curious. And Al Tillery said it, you know, be curious and be vulnerable. And
1: from that place, only good can come you know, what you said there about like the open hand meeting the fist. And, and for me, it's the perfect example of like when a fist meeting a fist never changes anything. Like when you meet fire with fire, you, somebody's going to get, somebody's going to get hurt. Now we can't control that in anybody else. So the first thing is like knowing that we can only control it in ourselves. I think that it just kind of loops back around to the point I made earlier. The second thing that popped into my head, though, was, and it's linked to your restaurant story. You know, there's hopefully, or maybe there are, there's either business leaders, there are business leaders that listen to this podcast, maybe CEOs, maybe, um, and this is what I mean about family members, Uh, it could be any part of your life. But there's also just, like, we can... We can, meet, we can meet the fist with love. And then there is a part of this which is pointing out that some things will be unacceptable in our worlds. And what I mean by that is like we can choose, if we're in an environment and, and actually we see that there isn't that love and curiosity for other people and cultures and what have you, we can meet that with an open hand and I really just want to point out, and we can also choose to move to a different environment. And sometimes they're the really tough calls. Or we can be really clear and hold it up and, and bring compassion. And always, I think the word compassion is what comes to mind. It's like you never know what may have happened in someone's life that that created a, a, a wiring in their system, created a, a piece of conditioning that means that their behavior looks totally appropriate. And I wanted to bring that up because they're, they're, like, tragedies do happen, and bad shit does happen in this world, unfortunately. And they can leave their mark on people. And sometimes we see a behavior, and it's easy to jump to judgment and be like, well, that's inappropriate behavior. But even then, meeting that with love means getting really curious about like maybe where that chip on the shoulder comes from, where where is that belief? like I'm and to be curious and non-judgmental I, I think is is a huge possibility. And to still know that you can be clear and explicit, hey, like this is not this isn't appropriate in my world, in my restaurant, in my business, um in this family and I'm trying to remember the name, it's an ex-basketball player, but he was talking about, he was talking about racism, and it's kind of, I guess, I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he was talking about, you know, it's, when you hear someone, let's say, being racist, and you say nothing, you're being racist, was was the perspective. It's like when you, and, and that is, I think, part of this. When we say, like, what does it mean to communicate across cultures and personas? Depends what it is that we're in, acting in service of. If we do believe and we want a more harmonious society, a more harmonious company, and I'm not talking about harmony in the sense of it's all everyone sitting around singing Kumbaya together. I'm talking about what, like, a higher degree of consciousness then it does require like love compassion and the courage to be a stand for that and i would say that that's m- almost more important than what we like the communication it's just knowing oh that's my that is my come from um so there's a, I guess there's maybe a couple of things in there but I, I, that's that's kind of what came to mind was the It's more the atrocity side and things things do happen and how easy it is and how understandable it is that people attach. Have a store have a like have conditioning around it and have a belief system which can result in behaviors that we don't understand. And we have to be prepared to go beyond the behaviors. We have to be prepared to go beyond the words to To understand, and and that that is where I think a lot of connection lives, and I think that's the story that I hear in your in that documentary, which I will watch. In Refuge, is someone being prepared to go beyond the the surface level behaviors and and see the innocent being that exists behind them.
0: And you know the the story of of my friend barking at <clears throat> that woman in the restaurant. I, I agree with you. I I think, you know, corrective behavior is needed. So if you don't say anything, then you're complicit. So that, you know, it's, it's like, you see it in nature all the time. If you see a young, young, um, sort of zebra, foal playing up and being, being a pain in the arse, well every now and then it gets a bloody good kick. And, and uh, it gets brought in line um and and i think human beings need to do that to each other um and and, and if you're uh, awake enough you you might do it less aggressively or you might do it but but something is awake in you enough to realize that this this person needs a kick and then by kicking them hopefully you've you awakened something within them um because they must know that you know, the fact that somebody called them out for being a racist and everybody else in the restaurant did nothing about it. In fact, they probably agreed with them means that you are a racist. And so you need to go and take a deep look at yourself so that it doesn't happen again. And and who knows where that leads to? Like, it could be a good thing. Who, that's,
1: that's great. Well, yeah, the only thing I was going to say, and I think um, uh, maybe it's p- picking up on some of the wokeness in the world, is... You know, in nature, you get a kick. And you then you might get another kick. You don't get canceled. And I think that is where we... I think there's just an opportunity there, which is, you know, let's just say that person in the restaurant, they were being racist in that moment, and that might be their habitual pattern. I was just going to say that I think the the... Sometimes an unintended side effect of those moments is that people then smack the label straight on and that becomes the story. It's like that person is a racist. Right. Now, right. do you know what I mean? Like that that's true. And I think it's been able to come at it going, yep, like that's unacceptable. And to still leave the where is it? It's just for me making sure the opportunity for change is left open. Versus it's kind of come back to that like labeling and it's it's a a done deal and and I don't know where that's a fine it's a fine balancing act um but I do think society at the minute yeah. is very very much into wanting to label people as this, that, and the other, and then that's it done deal and there's like a it comes back to then there's a a them and an us and and so on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with that. Uh, and I mean, it, it is, it is something that, that is, a, definitely a factor. My, my insight is if, if you, if you are an awake human being, who's not her, an habitual racist, who has said something racist and you get kicked for it, your natural reaction is, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like you're right. That was racist. And I'm I'm really sorry and I'm I don't I don't behave like that normally. If you if you're not an awake human being and you are a habitual racist and you get kicked you'll try and defend your behavior and sell your story all day long. And and I think that's that's where you run into a lot of issues. Um and again, you know, it's it's having the presence the peace of mind The presence and the awareness to go, you know, maybe I did screw that up. Maybe I did say something offensive or maybe I was behaving like a jerk or maybe I was being aggressive and biased towards the waitress. Like maybe I need to take a look at myself as opposed to, you know, being when you get called out defending your behavior because you have a story that you're clinging to and an identity and an accumulation that you clinging to that somehow justifies that behavior. Well, if that's the case, well, then you, you're going to get kicked some more. And, and, and hopefully at some point you're going to see it. And if you don't see it, well, you're probably going to be very angry and miserable and can't understand why you keep getting kicked.
1: Yeah. No, I t- I totally agree with you. I, I'm only smiling because I just I was thinking to myself. Oh, I wonder if what are the things that I'm attached to that I'm like, as you were talking. I don't think I'm an habitual racist, uh, but I I was thinking about like generations. You know, Gen Z, like the generational cultures that happen and the things that we might say or not say and be, and and don't even realize it's the same thing or, you know, just that's, I was just thinking about like that, like, isn't it such a great opportunity when we get a kick to not get defensive, but to even then, and it might be that you're like, no, like um, I'm still okay. But just that, I think there's, a, you know, coming back to key thing about communication across personas and culture. I think it's being really tuned into that feedback, observing it. Like it's to your point about like losing the dressing room. And sometimes it's not always that obvious, but it's 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 starting to get really curious, even to go, like, because I think we all have attachments. I don't think, like, I'm. I think everyone has attachments, and it's. It's starting to get really curious about those things that's what I was just thinking as you said that I think it's the there's the there's a the really obvious parts of the world that we're talking about and then there's the ones which are less obvious but equally as important um, to go looking for
0: well it's funny i I heard a, a Harvard professor the other day say we're all recovering racists, and I totally agree with that like we if if that's your starting point, if you can if you can say I'm a recovering racist, because I ship with these accumulations and bias, biases and and uh, and and this conditioning, I sometimes I don't even know where it comes from. It's but you know it's it's part of me, and I acknowledge that, and so. Um, I'm going to operate from there. And because I know that I'm a recovering racist, I can I can be curious and I can be openly curious and I can be vulnerable because that's, that's my starting point. I think it's a great starting point.
1: Well, maybe that's a great finish point for this discussion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is our bumper sticker for the week going to be like, embrace your recovering
1: racist <laughs> wouldn't well, like maybe that is it you know embrace your recovering racist i am a recovering racist it'd be like that is like that's a great bumper sticker like that might also be the best dinner party conversation <laughs> starter you might ever have with someone say like oh i'm a recovering racist as as are we all and <laughs> just see where that goes um but well, maybe that, should we, <laughs> we go with that? Embrace your recovering racist? Yeah. Cool. Um, Keith, a uh, hell of a topic. I feel like there's more depth in this one uh, to be kind of explored more. I think we've pulled, pulled some layers off and, and we'll, like with all of these discussions, we'll come back to it um, in other ways. But uh, thank you for the topic. Hope you and everyone else got something out of our uh, meanderings. Um, Any final words from you, Billows? No, mate. That was a great
0: conversation. Um, Really, yeah, just happy to be curious about it. Certainly don't profess to have any of the answers, but I'm very curious about it. And, uh, and, yeah,
1: I'm very grateful for the topic from Keith. So thanks, mate. Cool. Well, that's a wrap for this week, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, please do share these topics, questions, curiosities with us. Uh, We love to explore them and uh, deliver as much value around them as we can. But for now, uh, loving you all, and we shall see you again next week. Thank you for joining us on this enlightening journey, unraveling the innate brilliance within every human being. We hope today's episode has sparked new thoughts and inspired fresh perspectives. Remember, the power to shatter illusions and unleash your true potential lies within you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate and review us on your favorite platform. If you'd like more insights and daily doses of inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Al Kenny Coaching. Or you can connect with myself and Mark on LinkedIn, uh, where we will share articles and perspectives about unlocking your innate brilliance. Remember, you are capable of extraordinary things. Keep believing, keep exploring, and keep shining brightly. Take care and stay brilliant.